All right, you're back in the DFSR with an NBA podcast on the Overtime Media Network, broadcasting live from the Vivid Seats Lounge. I'm Doug Norrie. That is James Davis. And we are here with a th- sort of an unconventionally big Thursday basketball slate. Uh, there's Thursdays in, in the past been a situation where they've gotten some national TV games, and that's kind of it. I don't know if it's because of the holidays and they had a lo- looser schedule on the New Year's uh, and whatnot, but. Uh, do you find that this 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 were you kind of surprised when you checked in and you saw the schedule for the, for the Thursday games? Yeah, I was unpleasantly surprised. I gotta say, because I was New Year's Day, I was tired. I was like, all right, it's probably like a three game slate tomorrow. Just audit this real quick, you know, make sure project the minutes and all that stuff. And then it was like, nah, we're gonna go ahead with a nine game slate replete with tons and tons of injury news. <laughs> so that's uh that was my Wednesday night, buddy. Yeah, but now now I feel caught up. I feel like we're ready to get into it now. Yeah, the NBA uh, chugs along here. I, I'm, 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 I have some notes about the standings, but just stuff that I find funny, but uh, we'll kind of get into that as we talked about some of these games. We'll roll through the injury news, uh, what you can kind of come to expect, or what we're going to want to keep an eye out for going into this big Thursday slate. The first game is Charlotte at Cleveland. They, uh, two bad teams, although, you know, I'm just going to make this point right now about the standings. Right now, Charlotte is 10-23, and 23, and still can probably like think about making the playoffs. <laughs> it's so crazy about some of the like there's two teams right now that the Magic, <laughs> the Magic and the Spurs are the 8th seed in each conference and have a combined record of 29 and 37. It's just like this I don't know if the NBA is just so top heavy at this point and some of the good teams just yeah, really, I think are just rolling through everybody. Um give me some of your thoughts on Charlotte and Cleveland, two very bad teams, but sometimes there is value to be had um in two teams that don't play a ton of defense. Yeah, so I think I would start with Cleveland here. Our system is actually picking up a little bit on Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson. I'm more on DraftKings typically here, but the thing about both of those guys is that when the games are close, both of them can play a 34-minute rotation. It's just the problem is that Cleveland is so bad that on on any given night, uh, that's just not a sure thing. And of course, at least in Thompson's case, especially uh, when the game gets out of hand, like, you know, Kind of your back to the basket center is the first guy who's going to lose minutes. Now they're ten and twenty-three. They're bad, but Charlotte's also bad at thirteen and twenty-three. Cleveland one and a half point favorites here. I think Love and Thompson both should play their full accompaniment of minutes, and Charlotte's a bad defense. So I think both of those guys wind up entering into the conversation for cash games here. Yeah, uh, that's kind of where I land. I don't, the Charlotte is mostly appropriately priced at this point with Devonte Graham, Terry Rozier. Those guys have played big minutes all season. Uh, so I think we know what we're getting, and when we know what we're getting, outside of maybe sometimes a shorter slate or a great matchup like a Washington or something like that, i just not interested really in going there and cash, mostly just because of the price. And then the rest of this team is just – and the, the, the scoring is just built on basically on those guys. You get like you get Bridges at times. Uh, P.J. Washington's back. They will play him big minutes, but that doesn't necessarily always mean something. And then the center situation is just like 24 minutes out of Biombo, and then they swap Zeller in, and that's kind of the situation. So I'm not- yeah, and you can play Charlotte guys. I mean, Cleveland is a terrible defense. They're the second lowest defensive efficiency in the NBA this season. The issue is that it's just – they also play slow, and Charlotte, like you said, is already sort of appropriately priced. So I think I could see actually stacking parts of this game for, as a big tournament strategy. I think that's pretty reasonable today, but I think you can do better than these Charlotte guys in cash. Uh, Denver goes in and plays the Pacers. Pacers are slight home favorites here, though. It looks like Malcolm Brogdon is doubtful uh, with a back issue. He did leave the game early on Sunday, I believe. Yeah, he left, played just seven minutes. Yeah, he left the game early. I just don't remember the day he played. I know he left early. Uh, so that seems like it would open up some more Aaron Holiday minutes, though we've had enough Aaron Holiday minutes recently that his price, he's not even a <laughs> punt play, right? Because Brogdon's just been so right. banged up. And so 
um, you know, typically this is a place where we say, oh, okay, let's grab, let's grab this guy because um, we're going to get nice value on some point guard minutes. Uh, but I, that really hasn't been the case. And, I, and it's kind of the same case with the usage bumps on guys like Lamb and Warren, where they just have, we just have a lot of non-Brogdon minutes. And when that happens, the guys that benefit are also going to get their prices bumped up too. Is that kind of how you see it? Because I feel like this is a place where like, oh, Brogdon's out, let's stack some Pacers. But that's just been the case too many times this season. Well, yeah, and I actually think that Holiday is still a fine price. I mean, he's paid value on these prices on essentially a nightly basis for the last week. But Denver is just such a bad matchup. I mean, they play the ninth slowest pace, and they have the, or I'm sorry, the, the second slowest pace with the ninth best defensive efficiency, and that's just not a team you want to run, you know, relatively speculative cash game plays into. So yeah, Holiday could be a pretty good value here, Jeremy Lamb as well. But you just got to know what you're getting yourself into, which is a game against a really, really good slow playing defense. And I don't think that's where you necessarily want to land. So hats off to the Pacers, by the way, in spite of these Brogdon injuries. Two-point favorites against a 23-10 and 10 Nuggets team. Like, they, they've got to be pretty proud of what they've accomplished so far, given no Oladipo and a limited Brogdon. 22-12 and 12 this season. Uh, they've just been good. Sabonis has been decent. Um, and they've gotten a lot from these sort of, like, ancillary role players. And then yeah, I'm, they're deep. They're not, yeah, that, that's mostly what it is. That they can bring guys like the Holiday Brothers in off the bench. they got to have McDermott there. Uh, when you're deep, you can you can put up – I don't know where it's going to land them in the playoffs, but either way, uh, good regular season team. And they're also just very slow, good defensively sound team. So that's that kind of knocks off some of the Denver stuff as well too, right? Like uh, at times we've gotten some Millsap being out and Gary Harris out and they brought in Porter and then they, you know, they started Jeremy Grant. That's not really the case here, and I don't really want to run – in it from on a big slate, run a team into the Pacers because just this is a pretty low total, two two oh eight and a half right now. Uh, Eastern matchup, interesting Eastern matchup here, Eastern Conference matchup between the Raptors and the Heat. This game has a two fourteen and a half over under Heat or five and a half point favorites. Speaking of just congratulations for teams hanging around, the Raptors out, no Siakam, okay, no Gasol, obviously lost Kawhi. Every single guy's getting hurt, um, and they are. They're 23 and 11 this season. Heat are 24 and 9. Tons of minutes out of Lowry, tons of minutes out of Van Vliet. And the only other piece I want to bring up here before we get into, like, you know, where if there's any relative plays here is that he did start Rondé Haas Jefferson over OG and Anobi yep. last game. OG still played 30 minutes. It was an interesting move. And I don't know if it was meant to give just a little bit more to the bench. Uh, they ended up blowing out Cleveland. So it's a little unclear about what the crunch time lineup is going to be. And I and they didn't really I, I didn't read a note that explained what the move is except to say they've been running these starters so many minutes I think they were just looking to maybe hide RHJ for a little bit and just get OG into the second unit uh, that was my kind of thought about it uh, give me some of your thoughts on a game that could feature a lot of scoring maybe some value here what are your thoughts Yeah this was one I, I took a long time to look at last night I think Lowry is flirting with being a cash game play kind of unexciting and on a bigger slate. You know, my, my goal when I go into a big slate like this is to kind of do unfair things where I'm like getting a guy who's gonna who hasn't been starting at four thousand, yeah. you know, and like and really go off. You know, those slates that we've had recently where our cash game line was at like three ninety. Uh, that's what I'm starting by assuming. So I, I just assume I won't wind up playing Lowry. But Jefferson could be in that group, right? I mean, he played twenty seven minutes against Cleveland, he scored twenty two fantasy points, which is kind of nothing to write home about. But we've seen the rebounding numbers, you know, crest up towards nearly double digits when he's played starter minutes in the not-too-distant past. And if he can get there, he can absolutely pay value on this. But that was the, the bug that got me was, um, is like, is it really the plan to play him more than OG? Because, uh, you know, Anunoby just looked like a big part of this Raptors' future as recently as three weeks ago, right? And, like, all of a sudden, 
losing minutes to Rondé Hollis Jefferson just didn't really add up to me. So I wasn't exactly sure what to do there. I think if you assume that he's going to play 27 to 30 minutes, you instantly play him in cash, but you might be, you know, you, it might not be a good assumption when it all comes out in the wash. So yeah, this is a really, really tricky one for me. And, and therefore I'm going to hopefully try and find safer options as we go along. Yeah. This Toronto has been a little tricky outside of the Lowry Van Vliet group with these injuries they've been well abaka has been there too but now abaka is expensive so i don't think you want to play right him, so. so um and and i and i like i said i do think if i just were making a guess my guess was was something like they just wanted to get this they just wanted to boost bolster the second unit just a little bit so they weren't running just their five best guys all together and that would be problematic for rha closing so something that we'll kind of take a look at and we'll discuss in our members only chat room as we lead into lineup lock what about the miami side feels like we've just had the same exact miami team this whole season uh and they've been really good and yep. when we've had, I, I, I'm saying that by way of saying when we've had a team for the whole season from a DFS perspective, it's a little hard to find the value. Yeah, that's kind of where I landed as well. Uh, you know, we've had the same injury situation essentially in Miami for a long time too, uh, with Winslow being out. And I don't think that you're going to wind up finding a ton to sink your teeth into here. Uh, Dragic's role is, is one that I'm kind of curious about, not so much for playing him for DFS purposes, but how he affects guys like Kendrick Nunn, who we've been pretty enthusiastic about playing from time to time, who did play 33 minutes against Washington, but whose minutes have been pretty erratic since Dragic has been back. So I don't think we'll ultimately wind up going there, but if you see him in those 33 minutes, just know it's probably not just as good as the 33 minutes he was getting a few weeks ago. Uh, just a side note, not a DFS pers- uh, thing here, but Duncan Robinson has something that has like the fourth highest or second highest effective field goal percentage in the league this season or something like that. Like something crazy. These guys are shooting the absolute lights out. Typically, effective field goal percentage can be all over the place. Sometimes it will affect big men a little bit better just because they get better looks uh, on the interior. But if you're, if you're absolutely just destroying it from, from beyond the arc, You'll get there too, and from free throws, and free throws too. Exactly, free throws will push your effective. And he doesn't even get, and he doesn't get to the line a ton either. So like, it's it's just it's just a testament to how well this guy's been shooting. Uh, again, not DFS relevant. But He's got that wet J. That's what <laughs> they used to tell me, Doug, when I played him with my high school friends. That wet J. You That's said that just got. rolls off your tongue in a way that I can t- yeah, I can tell exactly. I can tell that you use that saying a lot. <laughs> um, that it doesn't. I don't need to even ask about how many times you said that before this because it's definitely part of your. Uh, Every everyday vocabulary and vernacular. Uh, Utah goes in and plays Chicago. Utah four point favorites from a win loss perspective have not really missed Mike Conley all that much. Um, he Conley's obviously struggled with injuries since coming over uh, in the off season as a free agent. Oh, excuse me, in the tra- did he come over a free agent? No, no, they traded for him. Um, coming over in the trade, but uh, and they've ended up kind of just like running the point through Joe Ingles and Donovan Mitchell, but similar to the Brogdon situation. We just have a lot of night, a lot of non-Mike Conley minutes at this point. Um, they're mm-hmm. just he's just not played very much over the last month, and so I, I like running guys into the Bulls because the Bulls are a pretty bad defense, all things considered. And from a Utah perspective, we might just have everyone appropriately. This is the theme of the podcast here: is appropriately priced. I, that that feels like this is the case here with the Jazz. I think Mitchell can actually, you can make a strong case that he's still too cheap uh, at just 7700 Like you look down his game log, you see a lot of games where he plays or pays 5, 6, 7, 8x on these prices. So, and maybe not 8x, 5 to 7x on these prices. And that's, you know, pretty darn strong. Uh, I think they're, Utah only four point favorites here. I do think there's at least some potential for game script issues. But if you think Mitchell's going to play his. 36 to 38 minute rotation i think he's playable here uh and i also think bojan he's another one uh he's still somewhat cheap uh he had a ton of minutes 
in their last few games, playing 34, 34, 36 minutes, you know, can kind of come and go on you because he's basically just a catch-and-shoot guy who can get a rebound or two. But uh, I think there's a few guys. You know, the Bulls are just bad enough, and the spread is tight enough that I don't think you have to rule the Jazz out altogether here. Bulls, I'm actually, I was just checking this because I I heard a podcast the other day. Someone mentioned the Bulls' defense, and I was just checking back in. Bulls actually a good defense this year, top tied with the Clippers in defensive efficiency at seventh in the league. All the other teams are like easily, this is a crazy list. All these other teams are easily playoff teams in the top 10. They're the the top 10. It's Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Lakers, Indy, uh, Philly, Clippers, Bulls. That's the list. That's the top eight list of of defenses. I wonder if you make a, like, I wonder if there's surprised some playoff odds bets about the Bulls, maybe the rest of the season win total, or um, just getting into the playoffs here as the eighth seed. If they're playing this good a defense, doesn't take hmm. much. Anyway, something just to... yeah, that's what they're there. Funny, right? Minus one. <laughs> so the Nets this season sixteen and sixteen with a minus point eight differential. The Bulls thirteen and twenty one with a minus one point one differential. Yeah, like their so, Pythagorean record is probably yeah. like two games under five hundred or something like that. Yeah, um, or, or you know two games or three games under five hundred, which would have them easily. Well, they'd have them basically with the Magic. Oh, so interesting. Something to take a look at going forward with the Bulls here. Well, it seems like Vegas is hip to it, right? And this is why they're only four point dogs to the Jazz would be my my guess. So yeah, I take it back, Bulls. You're not terrible. So still Good still job. a pretty slow paced game here. Two ten and a half over under. Yeah, uh, a game that is not does not have a low total. Uh, Warriors go in and play the, oh, yeah, the Warriors go in and play the Timberwolves. Okay, uh, let's see if I can just get a handle on what's going on here with this game because there's a lot to think. So D'Angelo Russell is out. Willie Cauley Stein is out. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, let's just start on the Golden State side. Last game with those two guys out, they did start uh, Marquise Chris and they started Alec Burks. And those guys yep. played huge minutes. The game did go to overtime. So Burks's uh, regulation minutes were like 33. Chris's regulate. I can't remember if he played crunch time here, but we could probably set him somewhere at 30 minutes. Uh, Damian Lee played a ton. has been very good. Uh, and Draymond mm-hmm. was decent too. Uh, this feels like a game to cash tack, and I'm not sure um, – it might be weird to just have a ton of Minnesota and Golden State guys. Uh, give me your quick thoughts on Golden State, and then we'll try to make sense of the, of the Timberwolves situation. I, I wrote up almost every guy from this game as a part of my cash game article last night. I think this really is the, the game you want to target, and we talked earlier about how can I do sort of unfair things in this game. Getting Alec Burks at 5,600 certainly qualifies there right. as a guy who just scored 45 fantasy points, understanding it was in overtime in his last game against the Spurs. If you take away those minutes, you know, we're still talking about a guy who probably went 7x in regulation, something like that. Uh, he's an absolute lock play for me. I think Damian Lee, he's more like solid cash game option, where I think the downside on him is very, very limited here. Because he plays his minutes almost regardless of the game script. Like, I think he played 35 minutes a game and they lost by 20 points. So... The Warriors are just low on options right now, and they're low on guys who can just loft the ball into the air towards the basket, too. So, yeah, across the board, I think these guys are excellent plays. Uh, Marcus Chris, I think, is another one who you're just doing it. You're absolutely doing it playing Chris at 4,300. Last two games, basically exactly 31 fantasy points in each, including that game against Dallas where he only played 16 minutes. Like, he can really stuff it on a fantasy point-per-minute basis. And if you think his rotation is something like 28 to 30 minutes here, just a no-brainer play. So, yeah, I'm, I'm playing as many Warriors as I can. And I think for both of these teams, it's relevant. They're missing they're all their big guys, and they're playing another team that's very unlikely to blow them out. So you really get it. You're double-dipping here. Like, you could see high 30s regulation minutes from these guys tonight. Lee's price has really come up on both sides. He's 6,600 on DraftKings, 6,000 on FanDuel. We buy, it's also one of these situations where the role has just really expanded. Basically since Christmas, he had a huge monster breakout Christmas game. Uh, and then mm. 
app. We played him in cash on Christmas, so kudos. That's why I'm, that's why I'm very tuned into Damian Lee. Not me, dog. I was spending time with my family. Not me. Jeez, loser. Uh, I got on the <laughs> naughty list. Actually, no, the list had already been the list had already been executed at that point. So uh, it's not naughty list for next year. Buddy. <laughs> nah, nah, that, that, that rolls over. The you have a seventy, you have a, basically a, six, a seven day grace period on that list, and I was outside. I was in the I was in the dark zone on that one, so I'm all good to go. Lee, uh, so but the role is really expanded uh, with it's the like shot the, the shots coming up here, and I, I'm totally with you on the Burke side. Minnesota is. A mess right now. I it, okay. Ten, no, they're not, buddy. They hung with your Bucks last. I mean, night. from Minnesota's great right now. Yeah, no, they. Uh, <laughs> they're, from, they're not going to play. They're w- Wiggins. Uh, I think right now he's like doubtful with some sort of unknown. This injury. guy's got like the plague or something. This guy's been out with an illness. Yeah, he actually. For, I, I, I'm kind of like I'm, I'm maybe being tongue in cheek about that, uh, but the yeah, what the hell? But the, he, but he's just been sick for i mean how many days in a row he's been sick now he's been yeah, it's been like a week yeah he's been yeah. sick for over a week um and so it's just that i won't even mention that because that's just a weird timetable on we make jokes about the nba flu and whatnot um yeah ba- yeah more than almost more than a week now jokes about yeah the- this seems this seems more like the real life flu and wiggins right now i think is listed as questionable and obviously like his return would kill some of these fringe options but right now your town's very likely to be out uh, Wiggins, I would say, until we get new news, I would assume that he's very unlikely to play. This is an eight o'clock game. I think we'll know by by lock. I don't um, know about that. I don't know about that Teague. because they were they've been late on this news almost every night. Anyway, go keep going. Sorry, sorry to kill you on that one. But um, yeah, thanks a lot. Oh, sorry, Teague, and Teague is the other one. Teague, um, he missed last night's game. He still got this knee thing. So you could be looking at a world where and so and, and this is another piece. I believe that these guys are all going to miss because Vegas has put up a line on this game as early as last night. And that's the thing that gives me, like, I feel more enthusiastic about it because I think if either Wiggins or Towns were more, like, actually questionable, then Vegas would know that, you know, with their inside sources and stuff that they absolutely have to have based on what we've seen. And uh, and given that the, the line has been Minnesota by three and a half, I think they know pretty definitively. Anyway, if Teague, Wiggins, and Towns were all to miss again, you're going to see huge ownership on guys like Shabazz Napier once again, uh, Jarrett Culver, Robert Covington. Uh, Covington's probably a play regardless of whether those guys play or not. But these guys are all far too cheap, and they've been doing it and then some on these prices. You know, Culver's had 20-shot games and stuff like that. You're going to play all three of those guys without any guilty conscience whatsoever. And this, this game in particular is what's going to help you afford to pay up for some of the really stellar payoff options elsewhere. One interesting note about the Timberwolves, because I was about to say, oh, they're season in the tank, but uh, sort of along the lines of what I mentioned with the playoff thing, right now the t- Timberwolves are 12-21 and 21 this season, two games out of the Western Since Conference of playoffs. The Spurs are 14-18 and 18 in that in that eighth seed. Like, this is, <laughs> there is a weird group of bad teams in this eight through, I mean, go all the way down to the Pelicans. The Pelicans are 11-23. and 23. They're three games out in the win column. <laughs> from the playoffs this is crazy with what's happening here it's, it's gonna be a real weird look in the mirror situation time for a lot of these teams when it goes when it starts around the trade deadline because you can say to yourself oh we have a 35 percent winning percentage and we could make the playoffs in the west um like you know got like pelicans getting zion back or these teams that can make a trade it's crazy i, yeah, sure. I, I and it, by the way it's just just these last slots like just this eight slot because then after that like the thunder look like they're gonna make the playoffs easy well the pelicans are also two games ahead of the warriors for dead last in the west too so. and and two and three games out in the loss column for the for the playoffs so figure this one out. All right. Uh, yeah, I think you summed up the Minnesota situation pretty well. I'm really hoping we have the news. Like I said, they've been a little late on this reporting stuff. And these guys are the, – Towns and Wiggins have been questionable every day for all these games they've missed for weeks now, right? So, like, it's 
I, I'm with you that it was questionable, probably closer to doubtful, just because when you do this job long enough, you just know how some teams report their injuries. Some are really good about it, uh, and some uh, just kind of wait to the last second to make you wonder, even though the guy's easily in street clothes. Like, Towns was... Towns was questionable for the game last game, and he was really dressed up for the game. Like, it wasn't like he was sitting on the sidelines with, in his warm-ups. Like, he was death to the nine. So, there was no chance he was playing. So, screw you, Wolves. Just tell us what they're not going to play. All right, Brooklyn goes in and plays Dallas. Dallas, seven-and-a-half-point home favorites uh, here against the Nets, who have really kind of struggled lately um, with their injuries, and maybe he's just kind of catching up with them. It looks like I think Garrett Temple is questionable to play, but I think he's probably closer to doubtful. That could move someone like TLC into the starting lineup. Uh, and then Kyrie and Karras, obviously, are, are, are still out. Brooklyn all pretty appropriately priced at this point. They've been without their two big guys for the whole season. And then the Dallas side... I mean, is Doncic just, with these cheap plays? You see, Doncic is like a 100% cash game play. He's very expensive on DraftKings, and I think you could probably just lock him in, right? I like he's is he easily the best play in this league? Yeah, on Fanduel, I mean, there's absolutely no question he should hit 90 plus percent ownership. Uh, it's the combination of him being an absolutely incredible option, and there just being no other good payoff options at all. So you have Doncic at 10-8, uh, right? Then you have Towns who's out. Then you have Andre Drummond going up against the Clippers. And actually, I don't mind that that much. Right. We'll talk about that later. And then you're just down in this like Kawhi, Jokic, Rudy Gobert tier. Uh, so the big names, they're not playing today. LeBron, Davis, you know, Westbrook, Harden, the really expensive players just aren't going. And you're left with Doncic, who is a guy who just scored 70 fantasy points in 30 minutes a few games ago. So, yeah, he'll be unanimously on that. I don't think we even need to spend a whole lot of time on that. No, I agree. Uh, I do not, I'm not all that interested, like I said, in the Nets guys. And I'm really not interested in any other Dallas, even though they have a huge total here. This is just the Doncic show. And maybe we see some Porzingis ownership because, you know, the Nets interior uh, defense has been lacking at times. I'm not sure that's a situation I want to go to. Although, I will say... There's so many just like middle and middle tier and below cheap options on this slate, and you mentioned that there's very few pay up options that I think we are we might get in a weird situation where at some point you just need to spend the salary, and so um, which I think you'll. Well, yeah, I don't think you'll do it on Porzingis. I mean, he's still questionable for this game. He missed the New Year's Eve game against the Thunder, so you know if he if that's up in the air, I don't think you're going to go uh, there. Forgot he was ruled out. He was ruled out right at the last second. And the, 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 yeah, and his potential absence actually opens up some pretty interesting plays too so like you know you might wind up in a world where you can run you know maxi claber uh, who got 35 minutes in that game dwight powell who could see you know a slight uptick in minutes but definitely an uptick in usage too so um yeah definitely keeping an eye on that news but i don't think you want to run uh chris Depps out there unless he gets like an absolute just full clear bill and his thing was like he got hurt in the layup line like he was supposed to play and he was just go going through his final piece of warm-ups and tweaked his knee so um hopefully we have some news on that one and apologies for kind of missing on that i will say jalen brunson entered the starting lineup for tim hardaway jr Hardaway's also out. The Brunson starting didn't really matter. And if, in a lot of ways, it's just worse because you've shared the court with Doncic and the way they play. Exactly. He gets no use. Like, he's just not going to do Rangers. anything. He's out there to play some defense and maybe be a secondary ball handler. But that's not that they don't need a secondary ball handler with Doncic. So, yes, Brunson started uh, from a fantasy perspective. Not really sure. It, I, I am sure. It just doesn't mean much. OKC in San Antonio, uh, 219 over under here. Spurs have played well-ish lately, uh, getting themselves into the Western Conference playoff picture. Uh, OKC's also really ex exceeded expectations. We, uh, kudos to us. We said this before the season started, that if they couldn't find a Chris Paul trade, that this team was actually going to be kind of good. <laughs> and that just worked out. Like This was a team that was actually built to win now and to kind of sell off assets and just build for the future. They're, it's a very, very interesting situation. Now that they can't really trade Paul, they're just like a decent team. It's, a, it's just I, yeah. I, we, I, we both called it to start the season. Give me your thoughts on this game. 
Yeah, yeah, I think you you touched on a lot of it. I think that for cash game purposes, not a lot of plays are showing up from this game for us. Um, You know, it's just kind of a case of two teams where they've been doing pretty much the same thing for extended stretches of time, and that's going to mean we're not getting a ton of value here. You know, we haven't been shy about playing Chris Paul when the mood hits us. You know, he's playing on lock a 33 to 35-minute rotation, very regularly playing, you know, 5x points per dollar, sort of averaging that. Uh, on this season on this price point and that's fine you know that's nothing to be ashamed of running out Chris Paul it's just the question of can you just simply do better in you know on a huge slate like this where you have like that Minnesota Golden State game kind of holding it all down Uh, neither San Antonio nor Oklahoma City has been a terrible matchup this season but they haven't been a good matchup this season either you know both kind of flirting around league average so I don't see a lot to get super excited about here but you also know what you're getting you know you're going to get a reasonable floor out of guys like Paul, uh, maybe uh, Devontae Murray going the other way. Uh, guys like, you know, Aldridge and DeRozan. They're sort of known quantities, but for my cash games, I'm just hoping, I'm starting by hoping to do better here. Uh, yeah, and the with the with both these teams too, one other thing, they're fairly priced, and neither team is all that willing, uh, or what it seems like all that willing, to go above and beyond with any of their guys' minutes, right? Like Dejounte Murray plays, starts, but plays 28 minutes. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul, like you said, 33 minutes is nice, but you're not, you're very rarely going to see the 36 to 37 minute game. SGA is like the one guy on the OKC that they will go sort of over that number with, but he's really it. So that's what the the, yep. the other problem is when you get these guys that have had pretty much the same roles the entire season, and you know that you're just, short of an overtime game, you're never just going to get. You're never going to get them going, uh, just going crazy on the minutes. Two more games to go. Memphis goes in and plays the Kings. Kings four and a half point home favorites here against a Memphis team that falls into that previous category that I talked about with a team that just doesn't really ever go crazy with their players' minutes. They doesn't seem like they want to win, uh, nor should they be. Although still, <laughs> it's crazy. There's this playoff thing has just really got me vexed. But um, but guys like Ja and uh, even sometimes Jaron Jaron Jackson Jr. gets 33 minutes. Uh, but this is like not a bad matchup against the Kings, but the Kings have a good matchup against the Grizzlies. Give me your thoughts here. Yeah, so I think there's actually stuff you can do here. I think starting with uh, Buddy Heald. Uh, Heald, you know, we talked a little bit about plays being relatively unexciting, but Heald really is locked into that 36 to 37-minute rotation in close games. Uh, he's assuming ball-handling duties, too. He's dishing assists, you know, like his season-long stats have him at around three assists a game in his last two games, five and eight assists. And I think if you think those assist numbers are coming up a little bit, for a guy that's already paid 5x points per dollar on this price all season, I think grabbing him against his Memphis team is totally reasonable. And yeah, I, I just I wouldn't be shy about running Buddy Heald out there. Like you, You're not going to get perfect plays at every single position on any given night, but Heald at 6,200, for me, he's like sort of leading the class of these mid-range fair plays, and I would be totally fine. I'm still very much in the I don't trust Luke Walton. It does seem like an organizational philosophy to just get a coach that you just can't trust with minutes. It hasn't mattered who the coach has been here. Uh, we saw this before. It was a, uh, who was there? I can't, who was our coach last year? Miller? No. Um, I can't remember. There have been three. I feel like we were through three coaches of this uh, for the Kings that just haven't you haven't been able to totally trust their minutes. Now, Bagley is out. Rashawn Holmes has been very good this season. It's a little up and down. He does get a good matchup here against Jonas Valanciunas on the interior, and we have seen peak games out of, of Holmes at times. It's hard to trust his numbers in cash, but I, I tend to trust it a lot more with Bagley out. So um, interesting to, a high upside tournament play. Don't really want to do it from a safety perspective, I don't think. But uh, just, just to note that th- there are more minutes for Holmes mm. when Bagley is out. All right, we'll finish it off here with Detroit goes in and plays the Clippers. Detroit are big underdogs, 11.5 point home or road 
underdogs to the Clippers, who look like they're going to be playing fully healthy except for no Patrick Beverly. Landry Shamit got the start last game, uh, and Lou Williams looks like he is going to play this game. On the Detroit side, Luke Kennard is out. Markeith Morris is out. Uh, they've been without Reggie Jackson forever, so whatever. And then Blake Griffin looks like he's going to be doubtful here. It looks like they could get blown out here, and it feels like, I don't know, running guys like Drummond on a night where we've talked about there's not many ways to pay up could be an interesting play. Give me your thoughts here. I don't know. Christian Wood did not get the start last game for uh, Blake Griffin, but did come in and play 28 minutes off the bench, though it was a blowout. When you looked at this game, how did you kind of like yes. figure out the minutes here? Because like, <laughs> I, did, I didn't I did do it very yeah. well, was, was how I felt at the end of it. Um, so I'll start with the Clippers, I think, that because they're just a little bit easier to dissect for me. Uh, I think Lou Will, excellent play here. He's very, very cheap compared to where he was, and he's not even listed on the injury report. I think if you can pencil him in for... You know, even if it is a blowout, 28 to 32 minutes, I think something like, I mean, we saw him score 41 fantasy points against Utah, right? So uh, certainly if not for cash for your big tournaments, I think he's a very interesting option. I think Paul George is far too cheap right now, mostly on the basis of a terrible stretch of shooting. Uh, he's 23 for his last 80 from the field, and it's a guy who's a, a career 43% field goal percentage shooter. So I just think, and he's basically almost paid value in those games anyway, so whether it's this game or the one after it, George is at a discount and definitely a guy who should be on your radar. Um, I think Kawhi is kind of fairly priced, but if you just need to invest the extra salary, I think he's pretty reasonable. So basically the question in this one is, what's your appetite for blowout risk? Because uh, we know that the Clippers can get conservative when up big with their rather delicate superstars, right? So so that's my Clippers take. The Pistons, Doug, I, I'm kind of curious to know what you think here because Drummond... It might just be the all-time big tournament play here. So Drummond, 9800 that's a good price for him. You know, paying 5x points per dollar on that all season long. You know, he's got 114 combined fantasy points in his last two games in conventionally tough matchups with Utah and San Antonio. So we know he can do it. And the Clippers, they've been a tough defense overall. But when I was researching this game last night, I found that their defense versus position stats against exactly centers, of which Drummond is one of the very few, like, pure centers in the league... I think they were the they allowed eleventh most fantasy points per minute to opposing centers this season, which is the only stat, the only position in the entire NBA that they have been below average. So if there's a way to attack the Clippers, it's through a conventional athletic center like Drummond and Detroit are twelve point underdogs, and we've talked about how that's the last place we want to be with you know, traditional fives who don't really stretch the floor, right? So I think Drummond, the the, the potential for a 75-point fantasy game is here if Detroit manages to keep it close, but he could also play 25 minutes. So I, I just don't I just don't know what to do with him here. Well, if you want to, if you want to, besides the DVP piece, which is interesting, I they did get blown out by the Jazz last game by 23, and Drummond played 37 minutes. So it does feel like at least there's a high enough minutes floor at 9,800 on FanDuel that I think I can, I can, I can take the risk, I think. Um, I think that it's going to be wow. hard to imagine he totally kills you at that price. Look, you get if Cat doesn't play, you get... I guess they, they, they lost by 27 the prior game against San Antonio, too. He played 37 minutes. So. Right, so I think that the oh, minutes are just... Maybe, they, maybe the minutes are just there. I don't know. I think it's I think it's fine. I think if you look back at those two games and say to yourself, they, they did it in those situations, no Blake. Um, I, I think, I, especially considering the price. Now, look, do you get a lot to go down to, like say, Gorgie Dang at 6,400 on FanDuel? Um Maybe do you get enough payoffs elsewhere in the lineup? Maybe uh, I'm not sure. I think overall. Well, you can't spend the money. That that's the theme of tonight is that you have these excellent plays from the four to six thousand dollar range in the Minnesota Golden State game, and then you have nowhere to spend. 
your savings. And so our system kind of defaults to Drummond. And uh, I mean, with a gun to your head, because this is the type of decision that you're going to wind up having to make tonight. Would you rather play Drummond or like Kawhi? You know, same game, same total. Drummond probably a bigger role on this team, but Kawhi on the better team. What do you think? I would rather play Drummond. Um, yeah, like I, think I, right. I think there's just enough that can go right for him in the situation. And I'm still knowing that the game scripts have gone against him the last couple games and he's still got there in minutes makes me feel pretty comfortable with it. And okay. I think you could set him at something like 33 minutes. And it, and again, he wouldn't, he probably wouldn't show up in cash games at that point, but he would, not, I just don't think he would kill you. I don't think he has, maybe he doesn't have tremendous upside because maybe 33 minutes is the end of it, but I just don't. Th- I don't see a situation where it just totally destroys you. So I think ultimately I'll be. Fine. Well, I think I think he's just going to kill Zubak and Harold too. Like I think he just presents well, a really tough matchup. And, that's, for those and the Harold thing um, is part of the reason that the Clippers have bad DVP stats against centers uh, because he is just not a good defensive center against traditional centers. So um, it would, yeah. when he's forced to guard post and and because he's just outsized usually he's just a smaller guy. He's really good and I, you know you want to have him on your team and he's awesome for what he does. And if there's one knock on him is that he's just a smaller guy playing the five. And that's it. So, um, yeah, I think overall I'd be, I think I'm fine with Drummond. It, again, much easier to stomach on Fandle. With Luke paying – we're going to pay 12000 for Luke on DraftKings, and at that point you're not going to spend up again on Drummond. So I think uh, the decision is kind of made there. Uh, and then I think you can hopefully just trust something like 25 to 27 minutes out of Christian Wood even coming off the bench. Uh, and hope that he gets you there at these prices because he's still coming really cheap. Though at 5,100 on DraftKings, I'd be a little worried about his minutes uh, coming off the bench. With, even with no Blake, I, I'd be feel a lot better if he started. Okay, we're going to get out of here. DailyFantasySportsRankings.com is the site. DFSR.com for short. DFSR.com slash deals. Gets you started on our projection system powered by our good friends over at Lineup Lab. Optimal apps for FanDuel and DraftKings NBA. NFL, NFL while the playoffs are still going on, NHL all season long, and MLB. We cover it all under one subscription package. Don't section it off by sport or provider or whatever uh, some of these other sites do. We we have it. You get it. Uh, DFSR.com slash deals. Buddy, enjoy a huge Thursday night in hoops. Oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs>